Please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. We are concluding the mini-series, The Relevance of Christmas, and today we're kind of concluding the Christmas story itself. We started that last week, but uh, I was wanting to keep things brief, and so I only went for about 12 minutes, I think. See, I can preach for 12 Matthew minutes. Matthew chapter 1. Let's begin in verse 23. This is where I left off last week, and as I, um, this is a part two of last week. So I'm going to begin in verse 23, which is where we left off, and then move forward from there. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. It says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Verse 24. Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife. And did not know her, I mean verse 25, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and Joseph now called his name Jesus. Remember, first of all, the angel said he shall be called Jesus. Now Joseph has fully accepted that, and now he names the child. Because it was, it was basically the, f- the father that would name the child. While Matthew concludes the birth of Jesus by simply saying that she had brought forth her firstborn son, and then Joseph called his name Jesus. In the Gospel of Luke, it goes on to explain in chapter 2, and we're going to read in verses 1 through 5. He says, And it came to pass in those days, now those days are the days of King Herod, that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the, now it says all the world, but it should be the, all the Roman world should be registered. All right? And verse 2 says, This census first took place while this guy was governing Syria. I'm not going to try to say his name. Okay, (laughs) verse (laughs) 3. So all went to be registered, everyone to his city. Now, it's very interesting. One of the commentators says that this new universal census was allegedly to number each nation by family and tribe. Uh, Hence, Joseph, a Judean, had to return to his ancestral home to register. But soon the names and population statistics gathered in this census were for the living of poll taxes. And the Jews came to regard the census itself as a distasteful symbol of Roman oppression. Verse 4, Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, I'm in verse 5. And Now, this tells us that both Joseph and Mary were descendants of David and therefore went to their tribal home in Judea to be registered, okay? So again, it says in verse 5, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. Now, the, the term betrothed wife then tells us that Joseph had accepted Mary as his wife, amen? And that the mari- even though the marriage was not yet consummated, but he had accepted her as his wife. Which The prophet Micah had already prophesied this over 700 years ago. In Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, and said there, But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judea, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are of old from ancient times. I love that. I'd like to preach on that a little bit, but I won't. Oh, I'll take a minute. All right. (laughs) Look at what it says. Because a lot of people miss this. It says, whose origins are of old from ancient times. You know what that tells us? That the person that is going to come has been here before. 
his origin is ancient. Are you all with me? Because a lot of people think Jesus began his life in Bethlehem when he was born. He didn't. He was around a long time. That was the point in time that he actually took on human form so that he could go die. But before that, he made appearances all the way through the Old Testament. A, a lot of commentators and, in fact, um, scholars believe that God the Father has never really left, never left his throne. He has always been there, which means the, the part of the Godhead that has always been down here on this earth, including Mount Sinai, remember, the Ten Commandments, all right? And all of, all of the appearances of God down here has been Jesus Christ. All things were created by him and for him. Amen? And remember when, when they were arguing with him, he said, there's one that stands before you that is greater than the temple. In fact, he's saying, the person that gave all the law is standing before you. All the stuff that you, you claim to adhere to came through me. And they kept, kept missing it. Anyway, that's other stuff. Let's get back to this. <laughs> um, Luke uh, chapter 2 and verse 6, it says, So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Now, this verse stresses the fact that Jesus was indeed born in Bethlehem while they were there. Notice it says there. And also that the time of birth was normal, approximately nine months after the miraculous conception. All right. What's interesting is that as Chuck Swindle points out, I love this, Caesar Augustus thought his exercise of power would give him great control or greater control of the world. But in the end, all he did was run an errand for God. Joseph, <laughs> Joseph and Mary lived in Nazareth, but the prophecy said that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. So thanks to Caesar, he was. Isn't that incredible? Amen? All right. Well, let me preach on that for a minute. You know, so much of the time we think, oh God, you know, this world is just full of sinners and, and full of... We don't think that. But we just say, people that don't hear from you. Okay, can we go that way? Okay. And, and you know, how is my prayer going to do anything? It's incredible how God will make people think that they're doing themselves a favor. And they think they're in control. And everything they're doing is helping you. Hello. They wake up with an idea and think it's a brilliant idea. Uh, that's all a part of the plan so that you can get to where you need to get to. Amen. That's how powerful God is. Amen. And you might say, well, what about, you know, the will and, and its sovereignty? Yeah, it's there. But understand something. God's looking after his kids first. Amen. And he can influence people just enough. You know, it may, see, what he won't do is force somebody to get saved. Okay, because that's a choice that you make. But he can really influence you to do something that day that's going to help one of his kids. Amen. And you need to know that. There is a grace on, on, on you know, on, uh, on that side of things. Where he can move so that your day is a good day. Otherwise, why bother praying, family? Seriously. Amen? Okay. Let's move on. Also of great significance is that following the birth of Jesus, it wasn't to, this is very important, to the religious leaders in Jerusalem that the angels announced something miraculous and wondrous. But 
to the lowly shepherds. Interesting, isn't it? He didn't go to the religious hierarchy. This is an army of angels. Let's read in Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. It says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. We sing that, don't we? Okay. <laughs> All right. um, verse 9. And behold, meaning all of a sudden, out of nowhere, okay? Behold. You all got that? Okay, behold. An angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord, now that's the manifestation of God's presence and power, shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Yeah, you know, daylight at night. You would, it would freak you out a little bit. Amen? I mean, Sunday. You think about this, it's night. You're, you're, okay? And suddenly, no, notice their flocks by night. Okay? And suddenly, you know, it's like a UFO. <laughs> you know? Suddenly the light, the, 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 the sky gets bright, and, and this big light comes down. Amen. Except this light shone all around. And let's see what else happens. Verse 10. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. You know, angels always need to say that because people always freak out when they see them. Amen? And, so, <laughs> and I love that. Do you know why? Because they never want fear to be a part of what you're experiencing. Amen. All right. And so then the angel said to them, I'm in verse 10, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. In other words, I'm not coming here to condemn you. Whenever God appears in your life, it's not to condemn you. It's to bless you. Amen? All right, anyway. He says, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be, I love this, to all people. Which then begs the question, were the shepherds Jews or Gentiles? You know, everybody assumes they're Jews. Why? Notice, they came announcing to all people. Remember Jesus when he was preaching? He said, you know, Everybody, you know, there was a prophet in the land back in the days of Elijah. And who got healed? Two Gentiles. Nobody else. Remember, they got really mad with him. They never learned. You know, all they do was get mad with him. They never go, well, I wonder why. Are we doing something wrong? Duh. <laughs> okay. Amen. Anyway, <laughs> so it says here again, uh, in verse 11, let me continue on. It says, For there is born to you this day in the city of David. Remember, because it said to all people, it's saying now there is born to you today. Amen. All right. That's to you too. Okay. Uh, he says, In the city of David, a Savior who is Christ. That means the anointed one or Messiah. The Lord. So this finally was the promise of Genesis 3.15 taking place. Remember when man fell? A promise came straight away. You know the devil didn't have even like two seconds to enjoy that. Straight away God says, there's one that will come and will crush your head. You will bruise his heel, but it's going to crush your head. Amen. Verse 12. It says, and this will be. Now, notice it didn't say not just a sign, but the sign to you. Do you notice that? He says, this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Oh, there was a lot of kids born that day. 
So <laughs> he's, they're saying, listen, we'll give you a sign, a very particular sign, so you can find this very particular kid. Amen? Now, if it was born in a hospital, it probably would have said, it's going to be in this hospital, it'll be this bed number, and it'll be this color swaddling cloth. No. <laughs> okay? And then whatever, you'd want to get the wrong one. Have you all seen the life of Brian? Anyway. Okay, so, <laughs> I'm kidding. And so, you know, it was very specific. Amen? And it was assigned to them. <clears throat> Let's continue on. And uh, verse 13, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, and going to verse 15, uh, 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth goodwill towards men. In his commentary, William Hendrickson writes this. He says, these angels, having been associated with Christ in heaven before his incarnation, knew something about his glory, his riches and majesty. They had also become aware of man's fall. And they had been informed that God had provided a way of salvation for man. And from the bottom of their hearts, this army shouts, Glory to God in the highest. They desire that all creation shall praise God. Amen. Do you, can I just get rid of a, a, a view that people have of angels? They're not fat little babies with little bows and arrows that go around, you know, shooting people and try to get them to like somebody else. <laughs> okay? <clears throat> These guys are huge. And they are trained. Remember, Michael is a war angel. And it, it talks about when Michael and his angels went up against the dragon and his angels. And it says the dragon and his angels did not prevail. That's in Revelation. Right. Do you understand that they, these guys are army? They know how to fight. They know how to take angelic beings, you know, things that man just has no kind of... Ever since man's fall, we kind of like ants, man, to them, you know. There was a time when we were crowned with glory and honor. That's what Jesus came to give back to us. Amen. That's why it says that we have been delivered from the power of darkness, because there is a real power there, which is why we want people to get saved, not because they just, you know, uh, change religions or anything, because we want them to have a fighting chance. Seriously. Okay. <clears throat> but you need to understand, these guys that are praising God aren't a bunch of little sissies in robes. <laughs> okay. I want you to imagine a whole group of angels that are dressed in armor, ready for battle, and they are singing. Yeah, they can sing. Amen. And they are standing there and they are singing, glory to God. And notch what, what they say, glory to God in the highest. What else? On earth, peace, goodwill toward man. Do you know why? Because there was such a fight going on. Ever, ever since the sin of Adam, there has been a fight. Remember Daniel was praying and it took 21 days for an angel to get through. It was, it's been a fight ever since. And finally now was the birth of a new era, a new time. What we are going to call the church age. The age of grace. Amen? And this is kind of, <laughs> this is what the birth of Jesus meant. It was finally we can gain direct access to this planet. Without having to fight through all the problems that we've been having to fight through to get here. 
Notice they just got there. He was there, they were there. Because that was their king, that was their leader, that was their creator. Amen? See, that's why he needed to be born down here. Anyway, people kind of missed that one. I don't have time to preach on it today. Let's move on. <laughs> well, I kind of did. All right, back on this. It says, <laughs> verse 15, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven. Notice, it's a, it's a, it's a clear path now. All right, that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go. In the literal text, it says, come on, let us go. Okay, they were like, let's get out of here, man, okay, <laughs> all right, to Bethlehem and, and, um, and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. Verse 16, and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Hallelujah, just like he said. Verse 17, now when they had seen him, they made, listen to this, they made widely known saying which was told them concerning this child. In other words, these men hid nothing. They told everyone. Do you know what this tells us? The Jewish leaders knew their Messiah was born. So why are they going to have a problem later on with him? Because they didn't want him. They knew he existed. These guys told... See, people miss that again. They went and told everybody. Do you not think they would have gone and told the priests? Hello. Uh, the Messiah has come. You know, that's like if your country is getting invaded, you tell the government. You know, somebody need to call them up. Uh, we're being invaded, do you know? <laughs> okay, all right. This is a big thing, okay? <laughs> and because of its religious significance, we know. And in fact, some of the letters, and I'm not going to read them to you today, but there are records of some of the letters that, uh, that were, you know, the Jews keep everything. You know what I mean? They have great record keepers, okay? They write everything. They wash everything. They just keep everything, okay? <laughs> just so you know. But, but they have had record of the priest that was in... Um, in that town, receiving this information and running through the streets, yelling, the Messiah is here. So it wasn't something that, you know, flew under the radar. They knew. Amen? Which is why it was going to be such a great sin when they rejected him. All right. Uh, verse 18. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Verse 19, but Mary kept, literally treasured and retained all these things and pondered them. Putting them all together, it says in the original, in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Now Leon Morris says that Luke rounds off the story with the return of the shepherds full of praise to God, with Hendrickson, Hendrickson adding that in fact their faith was further strengthened when they reflected on the fact that they had found every, everything to be exactly as they had been told. Amen? That's why they return glorifying God. Hallelujah. Let me just go back to something as we conclude today. Notice that this was to all people. 
Amen? It was to all people. And I want you to understand that this event impacted everyone on the planet. Every single human being. And what had been kept, I, I guess in a sense, that exclusively for one race, which was never God's plan. You all get this? Okay. This wasn't a Jewish religion. This was something for everyone. A particular race was given the job was, can I, can I use these words? Was chosen to be given the word of God to share with everyone. And they took the fact that they were chosen and made that a thing. That we're chosen, we're special, all the rest of you are nothing. And it was never meant to be that. Which is why Jesus would come and say, for God so loved the world. Do you understand that didn't suddenly change when Jesus came? That is the reason why Jesus came. Because God so loved the world. That's the reason Jesus, the first thing I think is so significant. One of the first things that he does when he steps into ministry is go out and clear out the temple. Can I draw a parallel here? Do you know why he did that? Because as far as he was concerned, it was for everyone. And there was not meant to be any kind of, well, the Jews get theirs and the Gentiles get theirs with the cows. The Jews get the Holy of Holies, <laughs> the Gentiles get whatever. Amen? Do you know what he cleared out? The court of the Gentiles. Do you know what he said when he did that? This is a house of prayer. You have made it into a den of thieves. Who were the thieves? The people in the temple ripping off the people that came to the temple. Are you getting this? See, Jesus said a lot of stuff that just cleared the way. And said this thing was never meant to be exclusively for any one race. Do you know why? Because we all have the same origin. God didn't create man and woman and said, okay, you're the Jews. And then I'm going to create some Gentiles over here. Lesser, lesser race, lesser race. And then this race is, is going to, this Jewish race over here is going to, uh, you know, be over this race. Was never the case. You all know at the end of the day, we didn't just come from Adam. We came from, you know, the ark. Nobody lived Everybody drowned. The only ones that lived were in the ark. So we all, we all have our origins back there. Are you all with me? So who's to say which kid was better than the other? This is the thinking of fallen man. And we have to be really careful that we don't carry it into our lives in any way or form. That's why the Bible says don't judge. Do you understand now what that means? We love everyone. Amen? Do you know why? Because we're all related. Amen. And the only thing that we don't like is the guy that caused our fall. That's the one thing we are meant to keep under our feet. Amen? And if we do that, then we won't have all these divisions and problems that we're having in this planet. Hallelujah. 
Amen. All right. Let's leave it there for today. I want you to understand the relevance of Christmas. I want you to understand that God came down to redeem all of mankind. And he began in a manger in Bethlehem. Hallelujah. He was born and it all started. The price was going to be paid for all of mankind. And that's what we celebrate at Easter. Amen. That he actually went and died for all of us. Do you know he didn't need to? Do you know he had power enough to absolutely conquer the whole Roman Empire? Did you know that? But you know what he came to conquer? Not them. He came to conquer sin. The one thing that causes all of us to fail. And that's why he said, I've got to do this. Otherwise, you guys won't be free. You think you're under bondage of Rome. You're not under bondage of Rome. You're under bondage of sin. If you get out from under that bondage, then you can pray heaven down to earth. And why he said, when they said, teach us how to pray, do you know one of the things he said? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? We're all getting there. Can I get amen on that? Amen. Okay. We're we may not be there yet. I know I'm not. There's a ways to go still, but we're getting there. The, the, the way has been made straight and clear so that we can do this. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. and We thank you, Jesus, for coming down to earth. Being born in that.